get ready. Yeah. Y'all ready for some live shit? Welcome. Welcome to the D, baby. It's all live down here. What you see is all real. What up, though? What up, though? Welcome back. Episode 224 of the What Up Though podcast. And mm-hmm. we talked last week, if you, anybody, um, any three of you guys listened last week, um, that I wanted to have a, a guest on here to kind of talk more political stuff. And this is probably the most politically, I guess, uh, uh, what's the word I want to find? You say uh, inclined. And politically inclined guests uh, that that we've ever had. I think a lot of people we've had on here never really been into politics that much that I would uh, will call someone to be politically inclined. But you know, Brandon agrees. So thank you, Brandon, for for making the show, brother. Uh, no, I, I appreciate it. Thank you guys for for having me. Um. So did y'all uh, did y'all hear me choke on my cigar smoke? No. I, I didn't okay. <laughs> <laughs> you said welcome. You said welcome back to to episode whatever the fuck episode this is, and I was like, mm-hmm, and I like, caught, like, oh, I there was like cigar. That. Yeah, I, I was like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I thought you might have had a coronavirus, maybe. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I don't. I or do I? <laughs> are, are you asymmetric? Uh, what what is the the, the term? Asymptomatic. Asymptomatic. I was like asymmetric. That's not the term I was. Yeah, I am also asymmetrical. Yeah, I'm also asymmetrical, but <laughs> I'm not asymptomatic. All right. <laughs> but yeah, so but we'll get into into uh, into that. Uh, so I got one big eye and one little eye. I'm sorry. What now? <laughs> I have to cut that. I said, <laughs> I said I, I said I'm asymmetrical. And then I said I got one oh, big eye and one little uh, eye. <laughs> Otis was worried uh, about that. Like, hold on, wait a minute. What's... Wait, I, yeah, I felt like I had missed something. I adjusted my <laughs> headphones, so I thought I had missed something in that whole thing. Anyway, yeah. So uh, another week of COVID. Uh, I just seen a um, news. Uh, article saying that um trump said that we've peaked and that we'll be back to work in may 1st uh, <laughs> i actually think my job is actually going to try to send us back may 1st and i'm really worried about that like this shit ain't far from done to be in in like normal or past normal work environments no, we ain't. Uh, I know I'm not going back anytime soon. I'm supposed to be scheduled to go back on May 4th for right now, but I know that's going to change. Um, I don't expect to be back before June. Yeah, uh, I was talking to Brandon earlier. You were saying that you work from home now, and do you, you guys see you, do you, um, see you guys going back anytime soon? Um, I don't. I don't think we'll be back, like Mike said, probably not anytime before June. I, I mean, I guess they're going to update us in the middle of May and uh, sort of give us the long-term plan but it's looking like we probably won't go back to at least june if that you know like i was telling you before we were already mostly working remote anyway so they might just go ahead and make it 100 percent remote all the time for you know those eligible to to work that way so we'll see like i was telling you it's pros and cons of working at home it seems great i you know the idea of it (laughs) 
you know, but it's it's like whatever with most things, it's pros and cons to it. So um, I'm not complaining though at all. At least you know the job's still there, so and it's not going anywhere. So that's the good thing. So what's, what's your the- uh, profession? I mean, I know you told me we work early and we don't really talk about places, but what industry or your profession that you're actually in? Healthcare. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, yeah. What's the biggest con you've had working from home? Because I'm not, I, I, I am currently not subscribing to the fact that there are cons from of, about working at home. Oh, <laughs> I'm an all, oh, I'm an all, pro, I'm an all pros guy over here. So <laughs> I'm curious to what the what the cons might be. Uh, some of the cons, uh, you know, I was just telling uh, Otis earlier. You know, like uh, before I was able to, like we had a gym in in our office building, and it was really easy to just after work go to the gym. And knock that out and just really, um, you know, just there is there is a certain advantage to separate at home from work. But when it's completely mixed in like this, especially when you got kids at home, it's a little it could get a little crazy, you know, and it could get a little like, you know, you got meetings happening all the time. You got to make sure everybody's quiet, you know, and just the just getting outside of the house sometimes is is a good thing. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not complaining about being stuck in traffic, not being stuck in traffic or you know the commute or anything like that those things sucked for sure but you know it's it was positive aspects of going into the office so you know i mean again i ain't complaining but uh it it was definitely some things i liked about going just like getting up going into work and just having that psychological uh barrier between work and home like when you work from home all the time it's like you're never completely either place and so that's just a weird sort of feeling that I guess, you know, I just have to get used to. Yeah, I like how you led with uh, there's a gym in my job. I'm like, man, if that's the, if that's his con, <laughs> is, is that he can't go to work. He can't go work out in the office. That was a nice little perk, though. Yeah. So I guess that's kind of first world problems. But mm-hmm. uh, <laughs> Yeah, 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 yeah. Mike definitely subscribes subscribes to the pro, uh, pros only approach from uh, working from home. My uh, my pros for working from home include most people's cons, <laughs> like the lack of human interaction. That's a con <laughs> for everybody else. Is a pro for me. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like, I don't know uh, if I miss that. I don't miss that that much. Yeah, yeah. I could probably I could probably go without the the human interaction if I was working from home. Like it was crazy, you know. My job is like so old fashioned with you know the whole just people in the office and shit that we were trying to before we knew we were going to be off. We were trying to figure out if because my job was really weird about communication about it. Trying to figure out if we're going to be trying to work from home at least. So. I was doing like, you know, trying to figure out VPN shit, figuring out if if I could do my job at home. And then I realized I could totally do my job at home. Um, but then they decided to just uh, be off. So that's that. But I would totally separate myself. I just like my it's weird. My wife works from home and she I have I, I bought her a stand up desk. And so she usually just her office. I, I put quote office. It's pretty much just in the living room, and she just half watch TV, half on, on her computer. Uh, but I'm usually in the office. Well, and I don't work. I just got my computer here set up, and <laughs> and so I, I'm pretty much in the place where she probably should be. But um, <laughs> I would definitely like a separation if I was able to work work from home. But I think that's kind of – I think that's jobs are going to have to start pushing to that 
because you know, as we briefly talked earlier, uh, Brandon, the normal of just any anything is going to be different now. Um, you're in an office with 10, 12 people. You can't be that close to people no more for a good while. Um, so uh, one of my buddies that uh, works in, uh, in automotive, and he was telling us how they were meeting, this is maybe about a month ago, they were meeting to try to figure out how to change what was or what is the current assembly line you got people that are like arm length away to try to transform that to people being six feet or, or more apart, which is going to totally change what they do as far as uh, you know assembly line work. So you know, just in that sense, you know, that's going to change. Um, you know, we briefly talked earlier, Brandon, about just the like movie theaters and shit. Like, who's going to go? Right. Who's going to go to the movies anytime in twenty twenty? That's probably not going to happen anywhere. Yeah, I mean, let's 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 talk about that for a second because that's that's just a really interesting, I think, wrinkle to explore, right? Like you have this whole multi-million dollar industry that's bottomed out in like two months, <laughs> you know? And that's crazy though. That it, it took yeah, two months for that really to just wild. go under. Yeah, it's it's completely gone under, and you know, the CEO of AMC was saying he doesn't know if it'll ever be back. And you got you got to think, you know, the way Hollywood's going to react to that. Our movies just going to go straight to Netflix now. There's like they're not going to do a theatrical release anymore. And if that happens, like once you pass that threshold, that might not ever go back. You know, it might be no more highly theatrical releases ever. Like that might just go away for good if the if the uh, industry goes in that direction. Which I kind of feel like they were headed that way anyway. You know, movies were coming out you know, to DVD or whatever sooner and sooner. And they might just go straight to, you know, streaming immediately with, with theatrical movies now. So, you know, that whole industry is going to basically be gone. And, uh, you know, that happened in like two months. And that's just one of the industries that's affected by this. So many different um, industries like retail, stuff like that are struggling. Um, pretty much everything other than grocery stores and video games are are really doing bad right now so that's uh I mean, just just staying with the whole uh movie thing for a moment like you know we, you know yeah. you talk about potentially going to like streaming you know because i watch a lot of movies that is just on on amazon prime that i rent like i rented yeah. what was a movie i rented uh 1917 uh because i've been wanting to see that for a while obviously since theater is not going to be open so i just rented right. that from uh through amazon or you know uh there are other platforms you can rent stuff through youtube but even with that, there's not when would you think the next movie is gonna come out that's gonna start recording, that's gonna start production and end? Like no one's gonna be produ- producing a video. I, like, I don't think Oh, go ahead. I'm just saying, like, people can't get that close to each other right now to just make so if you were making a, a movie right now, all that shit's done. All that's haunted. Like, when are people gonna be able to even start making <laughs> content again i i don't i don't think that'll be for a while i mean there's probably a ton of movies that are you know close to being in the can that they just halted production at some point that if it ever resumes they could probably wrap it up pretty quick but like the idea of sustaining like hollywood on a uh like a streaming platform i feel like that'd be pretty difficult if not impossible to do um, I just can't see them making a a movie that like imagine you know an Avengers Endgame 
type of budget at, and then it's only released to streaming platforms like it's going to be hard to recoup that kind of money on a on streaming platforms unless you're getting like a fuck ton of money up front from that uh from whatever platform that you're going to have it on um i do think that like brandon said they were kind of heading in that direction in the sense of like we will make movies that can be streamed on netflix or amazon or hulu but like um like there's always going to be a place or there always will should be a place for like you know the movie going experience and i i i don't know if that's if it's sustainable to completely go away from that but um it'll be interesting to see how it plays out especially right now in this age of like comic book movies and the amount of money that they uh cost to make and the amount of money that they inevitably make back and then some um it is it'll be interesting like you know they got uh you know they're sitting on black widow uh marvel is you know are they gonna do that at some point just be like okay well we've spent all this money on black widow fuck it put it on netflix like <laughs> i mean it probably wouldn't be on netflix but i mean like something like like what they did with um those uh those three movies that they put out for 48 hour rentals uh first like uh what was that one uh invisible man uh what was the other one hunt hunted something like that uh you know they might do something like that where you, you can you know rent it for 48 hours for 20 bucks um i could see that happening but i know that's probably not the direction that they would prefer to go so it'll be interesting to see how I mean, it plays we're, out. I mean, we're in weird times where we expected none of this shit. So I don't think, you know, I think a lot of stuff is going to be off the table. Like, you know, they, you big budget movies may not be able to happen if they can't recoup the money like they've been recouping from theaters, which is no one just figured that theaters just wouldn't be a thing anymore. So do you just not make these big movie, big budget movies? Probably so. Like if if you can't recoup the money i mean the whole pro the whole concept has always been you make a big movie you spend a lot of money you probably make it back plus more at the theater but shit theaters may not be back for a few years to any capacity if they come back yeah no it might not be um that has sucked for me i i you know as you know i i love going to the movies i have uh amc a list and uh, that that would suck, but I mean, hey, as long as I get to see the shit, I don't guess I don't care too much. Uh, uh, it's just gonna be a, a weird a, a weird time, but then again, these times are just weird in, in general. But you know, like I think Brandon said, just the other injury in, industry. Excuse me, like I don't see myself going out to restaurants, which sucks because you got a lot of people who work in retail. Um, all of the like smaller businesses of just you know things we we normally would go into, you know. Rest, restaurants, uh, fuck. Even hell, when it, did they even have they even talked about sports venues, sports arenas? Um, I mentioned I saw uh, LA's mayor said today that he doesn't think that sports stuff will come back uh, this year. He doesn't foresee anything like that coming back until prior to 2021. That's the uh, that's the only thing I've seen. But also at the same time, you got to look at. Um, California and their their number of cases and and how it's been there versus say you know maybe I don't know fuck Minnesota like <laughs> you know so you know maybe Minnesota's not doing too bad and maybe they can open up some ven venues at a reasonable time and they'll they'll be okay whereas you know uh Staples and Madison Square Garden are probably going to be on ice for a little bit I mean uh Florida deemed wrestling essential so 
So that's going to happen. Um, <laughs> the dumbest state in the country <laughs> deemed wrestling essential. Essential. What a fucking surprise. Yeah, that was a shocker, honestly, even for Florida. <laughs> I mean, Florida has done some low-down, dirty shit, but I, I was really... I, I was surprised, but I wasn't surprised. It was like, if you if you yeah. hear, if you hear yeah, like yeah. part of a story, you hear certain state uh, allow wrestling. You're like, damn. And then you're like, you know what? It probably was Florida. And then sure as shit, it ended up being fucking. Florida. There's there's yeah, nothing that could come out of Florida that it surprised me at this point. Nothing, <laughs> nothing. Like Florida, Florida could Florida could legalize gator fucking, and I wouldn't be surprised. <laughs> Oh man, I, I was just like, wow. Like, I, I don't understand. I, I, I don't know. I just don't understand uh, what could be going through the the people who make the decisions in Florida to say, you know what? I think wrestling is essential. We just need to keep that popping. <laughs> like, I just don't understand what's going through the heads of anybody who's who's considering making that a, a fucking op. That just makes no fucking sense. None of them. Yeah, none of them are wow. thinking about anything. They don't have any thoughts. That's Florida's America's flaccid dick. There's nothing. There's nothing going on there. <laughs> I always think of the, the gif of gif file of, of of Bugs Bunny cutting off Florida, and, <laughs> and it's just like, yeah, that's that's just what they do. Every time some shit like that happens, I think of that. Just 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 cut Florida the the fuck off, man. That is just wild. So, uh, but yeah, so that's kind of <laughs> crazy with that. So today, uh, we've had the the uh, the protest of the stay at home order. From uh, against uh, our governor, and these fools lined the fuck up. Were they at Lansing, at the state mm-hmm. capitol? Yeah, uh, yeah, they yeah, lined the Lansing. fuck up, yeah. and that is so Michigan like. Like I, I, <laughs> I, I wonder what's the peak, the, uh, how the numbers are going to peak of uh, coronavirus uh, victims from this from this event. Man, everybody gonna have that shit. Like they were up there, packed shoulder to shoulder with no masks on, just having a good old time, swinging their guns around, uh, finger fingering their cousins, doing whatever the fuck those rednecks do. And they were up there, man. I saw I saw a dude on the news. I shit you not. This was the this was the quote. You might have seen it on my Facebook already, Otis. They were interviewing a dude, and they said, uh, "Hey, I noticed you're out here for this." Uh, for this protest, you don't have any masks on or any kind of gloves. There's no protection. Like, do you do you feel safe? And he said, yeah, I feel safe. I'm a Christian. We don't believe in. And then I was like, science. And they were like, <laughs> he was like, we don't believe in fear. And I was like, oh, I thought he was going to say science. But like, man, how can you be walking around in the midst of a pandemic, shoulder to shoulder, protesting a stay at home order and then go, <laughs> you feel safe because you're a Christian? Well, yeah. Well, there was that um, that pastor that it was a black pastor. I kept seeing a couple of people posted on Facebook. <laughs> My um, guy, I posted that. Oh, you did post that. Okay, yeah. That. Fuck that guy. <laughs> <laughs> so what? What exactly did he? Do you remember what he said? He just basically oh, said, yeah. <laughs> I remember what it said. <laughs> it was so funny to me. Now, so the article headline says something like. Uh, Pastor who uh, defiantly held church service dies of coronavirus, and so already oh, off you mean top, that guy. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> already oh, off top is funny, but then my favorite part was in the article. He had a quote that says something like, uh, 
I'm going to keep this church open no matter what. You can quote me on that. <laughs> I was like, I was like, yep, they're going to put it on your tombstone. <laughs> I mean, thank you for your service. That's all I got to say to that guy. Mm-hmm. Thank you for your service. Yeah. Th- thank you for holding service anyway and ridding us of your idiocy. <laughs> so the irony is not lost on me that the day that these... The day that these fools decide they want to protest on at the Capitol about doing things outside, it fucking snows, which they couldn't do none of this shit anyway. You can't fucking <laughs> boat. You're not fucking oh, gardening. Like none of that shit. <laughs> so they were out there with guns. Like, what? What's the point of that? It's They're not a people. It's, it's not a Second people. Amendment protest. It's a fucking it's white people, dude. <laughs> Stay at home it's order. White, it's but that, white but people. That, See that always astonishes me. Astonishes me though that you know when you're white, you can just grab a gun for whatever reason and go in public with that. You know, and that's that's a distinctly white American privilege that they have. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah, and it, and it's it's so strange to me to to watch them do that and then at the same time be be completely oblivious to the fact that you know this is you know the 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 very thing that people are upset with you about right like this this unearned unfair unjust privilege um you know that you that's afforded to you just by being white you know no other really group especially black people can, can get away anything like that and it's crazy the, the way they do that it's almost like do they do that just to just because they know that they can like are, are, do they really do they really think they needed a gun or do they do that just to sort of show we can do this, right? Like it's, that, it's, I always it's, it's B. About that. It's option B, hundred <laughs> <Yeah>. percent. <laughs> There's no way they went to that protest thinking like, "Yo, I better strap up in case one of these people who is anti-coronavirus decides they want to pull the heat out on me." Like, nah. <laughs> nah they they nah, do yeah. it just because, because they I can. can fucking carry my shit, and I'm gonna do it just because. Yeah, yeah, that's and exactly then, uh, right. yeah, which, and which then, is uh, precisely an argument against, right? Like to me, it's precisely an argument against. Uh, carrying guns like that it's, a, it's an argument against that the fact that it's not even it's not even for what you purport it to be for it's not even for protection it's simply because you want to do it right and mm-hmm. that's that sort of strips away any sort of primal right that you would have to do that like you're that that's an exploitation of, if anything of that right I, I i never understood the right to bear or like the right to just carry around a gun like how did that become a oh, right crazy some crazy shit it's some crazy shit to even like have that as a right, right? And I think the I think the the weird thing about rights, the, the thing that people don't intuitively think about is that rights aren't intrinsic, right? Like society tells you what your rights are. So we make rights up. It's not like there's like this uh fact of reality that and that these are the rights. You know, like societies make rights up. Right. So when you're when you're determining what's a right and what isn't a right, I think people have this confusion about the source of rights in the first place. Like they, they think that maybe perhaps they come from God or they come from what like some in, innate intrinsic aspect of, of being alive. No, they they come from society. Society tells you what your rights are. So, like, that's a great question. I was like, where did that right come from? Um, ironically, it came from uh the revolutionary thinking of the people who founded this country, right? Like they were thinking, we understand the the danger, the dangerous, poisonous potential of tyranny. 
So we have to build in a defense against tyranny in like we have to codify that into our government. Right. And so that's where you get this idea that, you know, we should all be able to have guns just in case there's some kind of potential tyrannical takeover. But now, I mean, even if even if like I'll just grant that for the sake of argument, that made sense then. But that doesn't make sense now, because like the military power and prowess of the United States military is far beyond what anybody could compete with with the firearms that's available to them right now. You know, like you're not taking your AK-47 and doing anything to a drone or, you know, like a drone strike, a targeted thermal drone strike or a tank or like anything that the United States military has at their disposal. Like if they really want to uh, do a hostile takeover, which, I mean, it's just crazy actually to, to think about that in, in these circumstances. <laughs> you know, it's, it's really like a yeah. fantasy. That's what it really is. It's, it's like a fantasy uh, reality that these people just want to believe in. They want to believe that the government is is going to uh, try to take over the you know take over the country, and they are and their AK forty seven are the last hope, and they're going to be like some kind of mythical hero. Like they really believe that shit. They really believe like in this fantasy of you know the hero with the gun. They believe that shit. And while that's never going to happen, and it hasn't happened. What has happened is like that idea that I should be able to just walk around with guns costs us, you know, 13,000 lives every single year. You know, like there's more guns than people in this country. And, you know, it's just a function of the math. If you have that many guns, you're going to have a lot of shootings. And we do every single year. And so while the fantasy of them being a hero to stop the government with their AK doesn't ever come true killing their neighbor with the AK, killing their wife, killing themselves, killing their classmates, killing their coworkers, that comes true every day. Yo, right? so, it, it's so, funny you should say that. Sorry, I didn't mean to cut you off. Uh, so one one thing is, so there was a stat that the, the March was the first month since 2002 without a mass shooting at a school, uh, which was wild as fuck. Yeah, I saw uh, that. I, I, was, uh, I was surprised by that, yeah. Uh, I wasn't. I was just like, <laughs> no, I, I was not surprised. And I'm not even trying to make light on school shootings, but I was just like, yeah, because motherfuckers, ain't, you had to close down, you had to close down life to not have a fucking mass shooting in the school. That's fucking ridiculous. That's like so life as we know it had to be on halt for not for it not to be a mass a mass shooting in the school. Now I am curious I mean, about just so mass insane. shootings in general. Huh? Say that again. No, I just said that's that's so insane. Like it's fucking insane. Like I, I was meant to look it up early, but I didn't get a chance. I wanted to look. I seen that stat, and I was curious to see uh, about. Uh, I wanted to look at the mass shooting tracker to see how many mass shootings have happened just in this COVID times. Um, I would <laughs> the assume, fact that we have a mass shooting tracker. <laughs> yo, it's crazy. It's, it's, there's a straight mass. I was yeah. trying to look it up. There's a mass shooting tracker, dog. Um, and that's when yeah, I kind of learned because I was curious. It's like what did you what did they consider mass shootings? And it was anything two or more um that they were they were tracking. So anything two, I think two or three or more they were tracking. Um and it and it's crazy. Um I'm gonna look it up. Yeah, three. Okay. Um and they were looking and they were put whoever did this site um was pretty intricate with their uh their data because they would have the news article from from the local place. The, the city it was in, how many people got shot, how many people actually died. Uh, it was, uh, I, I had it saved. Uh, uh, but, 
Yeah, so I'll, I'll look that up. So the second part I want to mention that we had a, a couple of joint podcasts that, man, I, I would have fucking loved to have you on. Oh, that would have been uh, nasty. Thinking, I already know where you're going with this. Oh, that would have been nasty. The, uh, so that was with the uh, these guys in Texas. They're like, oh, the bearded idiots. And they're uh, white pro-gun guys. And, man, so one of their reasons, reasonings for having high-powered guns was because of rabbit, uh, or no, not rabbit. Uh, uh, Feral pigs. Feral pigs. <laughs> All right, yeah, I heard about that. Yeah. Feral pigs. That was their... their rationale so we did like did we do was it three episodes mike um i'm not sure i I, I can only think of two offhand i feel like we only did two because we did what okay it was yeah Uh, you may you may be right yeah and they were both on delvin's feed right yeah so uh we do a uh one our uh uh, a good podcast buddy of mine um he kind of kind of set these um these joint meetups up or whatever and um we had uh, kind of talked about it, so we did the first episode, and we couldn't. We there was nothing we agreed on in the first episode, and to the point where I was just like, you know what? I don't even think we should go back. I don't want to go back because I just didn't see no no reason to record another another topic talking about it. Like if east as far as west, that's as much as we agreed about shit, you know. Uh, but we ended up doing the second one, and you know, we just kind of just agreed to disagree with a lot of it. Uh, but yeah, it was it was it was wild. It would definitely be interesting because they really pushed that the whole agenda of their right. And you know, what's what was the right to bear arms? What that's like the second amendment? Is that the second mm-hmm. amendment? Mm-hmm. Uh and so one of my uh thoughts with that was telling them like so why are we so stuck on holding on to something that's been that 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 decision, that amendment was made so many years ago? Why why do the, these same amendments stand without addendums? Like, why can't we f- match that to met, to meet current times? Like, you just can't live in the past of certain things that were made based on the people that were around. And now you're basing something that was made however many years ago, and you're still keeping that same standard of whatever that law is or, amend, or amendment or whatever the fuck it is. It's, um, it's because yeah, it there's was, no... There, there's no desire whatsoever to uh, amend anything like that. Uh, I, 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 the Constitution is kind of like the Bible in the sense of like it's an archaic document that has little to no bearing on the way we live today, but people still hold tightly to those uh, to those attributes. Um, you know, like there's there's no need for uh, f- to have that have that be a thing anymore but there's also no desire to change it you know because then they won't be able to walk around with their rifles strapped to their chests at the state capitol uh if we made changes like that um you know if it, I mean, now if it was a thing that it, if it, black it, people it, were doing it it'd get changed but but yeah, as long yeah. as we're as long as we're getting shot for walking around with squirt guns um Definitely. it's not gonna happen yeah i mean i think totally if it didn't benefit them they wouldn't they uh, it it, they would want to change, but as long as it, it benefits them, they like fuck it, you know. Um, so just real quick, so it's called the GunViolenceArchive.org, and it's a report on mass shootings. <laughs> and so, so sadly, I wonder if I wonder if Australia has a, a mass shooting counter and a uh, gun violence archive. Probably not. So, te- so it's short, written on the back of a napkin. 
<laughs> yeah, none of this shit has none of this shit has really stopped. So, for instance, so now, uh, what's today? Oh, it hasn't been one in like four days unless they haven't updated the site. But they pretty pretty good on that. So April 11th, California, Bakersfield, California. Uh, oh, I live there. Shot, uh, oh, for real? Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, six were shot, zero killed. Muskegon, Muskegon, Michigan, April 10th, four were shot, or they say injured, so I'm assuming maybe just shot. We go with sake, sake of argument. Uh, Detroit, April 8th, uh, Peyton Street, four people were injured. So, yeah, it goes crazy, so I, but... I think- I think just real quick, I think uh, just a matter of housekeeping, I think then based on what you're saying, it might a mass shooting might count as four people injured from gunshots that don't even have to necessarily die. Right. So it looks like what they're saying it is, is if there's at least four people injured, whether or not they're dead, that'll count as a mass shooting. So any combination of any combination of like any combination of four, that's what it's looking like. So like uh, I see one on here. That has two people shot. Two, I'm sorry, two people killed, two people injured. But that's yeah, like, that's like the lowest okay. combination. Yeah, so so that's what they're, cons- they're considering. Okay. Uh, right. But well, it, I, I say that to say shit's still popping off. But yeah, I mean that's that's uh, crazy. That's crazy <laughs> that that people are going out there right now with all this shit going on and shooting people. That's really crazy to me. Well, they have said that, and I don't know. If, it, it, I, I haven't read any stories. I don't know, but they have said that uh, domestic violence has been up. Uh, since <laughs> lockdown. I'm sorry, that's not, that's not supposed to be funny. <laughs> no, but motherfuckers I mean, home. That, but, that, home. That, but that makes sense, though. It does. That's why I chuckled, but it's not, not Bruh, supposed to be funny. I, but I, it, it makes sense. Uh, I was, um, me and my wife can joke about it, but it was like the, maybe the second week of this shit. Man, we, had a full, we had a full on like yelling argument about fucking coffee. I, I thought you were going to say so, your wife. Kicked your ass, Otis. Oh no! <laughs> I wouldn't even tell you that. I just, I just, I just <laughs> we can, so we can joke about it. We can joke about it now, but I beat the brakes off her two weeks ago. <laughs> yeah, but uh, but yeah. So we had a full on argument about coffee, and it just, you know, I'm just, yeah. and we, we've never been a violent to put our hands on each other. But I just imagine, you know, people or couples or you know that are in that situation, you know, yeah. some shit pop off. You've been in the house for two weeks and you just haul yeah. off and just smack the shit out your mate, you know? Um, yeah. So, <laughs> but yeah, so that shit's still popping. But yeah, 2002 since school shootings, uh, the last school, the last month of, of not a school shooting was 2002, which is fucking crazy. Oh, yeah. so, uh, so what were we, think we were oh so about michigan so uh the stay-at-home order so i've had a few i've seen a few uh posts on facebook about that i was in a random argument on someone's uh facebook status yesterday um and of course it's all i haven't i haven't seen any and i know it probably could be but i haven't seen any black people who are just pro everybody get back to fuck the work I'm assuming it is, but for now, I haven't seen any. And it's always some weird-ass white person that has this view of, you know, uh, the economy is tanking. We need to get back to work. And so, you know, uh, the guy had made a post about, you know, if for people to saying that, they really don't give a hell about black and brown people or minorities and so forth. And so the lady went off, like, why is this a race thing? Uh, blah, 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 and so forth. And I'm like, 
do you know the stats of this shit? So I ended up posting the stats like uh, Michigan, roughly like 14, 15 percent uh, African-Americans. But we make up 33 percent of all the fucking COVID cases. So, yes, it is a fucking race thing. Black people are dying at much higher rates than anyone else. And you just won't like to just go back to normal and shit. So went back and forth for like three hours on this stupid shit. Uh, but, yeah, they, people don't give a fuck. There's a lot of people do not give a fuck. They, and they had, a, I think it's the, it's the Indiana governor or somebody in Indiana or Illinois. I can't remember which one. But he basically said, you know, black people and with black people and elderly, you know, people dying. That's just the, the lesser of the evils of us getting back to fucking normalcy. So if they perish, we good. And that was kind of basically what he basically what his his uh, he, he said. I'm like, wow. Yeah, that was uh that was Indiana. Uh, Indiana or oh, was Indiana? Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And yeah, he uh <laughs> So yeah, I mean it's a lot that you actually just just mentioned. Uh it's a lot to sort of unpack with all of that. I actually for a quick second, I want to go back to what you were saying about about the constitution and about the second amendment in particular. Uh cool. because I, so so the interesting thing about that is and I think Mike you were you were right in that um people have a sort of religious fixation on on the Constitution in, in, in such a way that they feel like it's an immutable document. And that's ironic. Uh, you know, it's ironic because if there's any genius at all about anything in the Constitution, it's not what was originally written at all. It's the fact that it was built to be changed. Like it was it was codified to be updated when necessary right like that was the genius of it that it could be amended and now you know we don't do amendments anymore people act like amending the constitution it would be heresy you know what i mean and so like that's the craziest part about it is that the only real genius we inherited from the constitution is that it is able to be changed it is able to be altered to reflect our current circumstances and yet people have this religious sort of indoctrinated view about the constitution now the reason why i think that is is because we inculcate people into religious thinking right we inculcate people into thinking that way you know at a very early age we teach our children to be religious and think and more importantly think religiously right so that they don't question authority they don't like critically think about things like okay well why is this like that why do we do that you know, those questions don't get asked and, you know, they don't get asked about the Bible and they don't get asked about the Constitution. And so ironically, we're perpetuating that type of thinking by sort of, you know, indoctrinating our, our children at these young ages into that sort of religious thinking where they don't, you know, seek to question authority. So, you know, that, that's sort of a, a heavy philosophical ground that you that you treaded on. Um so yeah, you could do a whole episode on that, <laughs> but back to the uh, <laughs> yeah, part well, about, yeah, yeah, maybe I'll come back for that, for that one. When y'all do that episode, yeah, for but, sure. <laughs> but back to the uh, part about the, the, the stay at home order. Um, I mean, the thing about it is, is as far as the one in Michigan goes, I think that the, obviously it's ridiculous that they were up there with guns and all of that. And like, uh, grit locked and traffic. That was insane. Um, but I mean, that's not to say that I think that, uh, you know, Whitmer handled everything perfectly. I don't think she did. Right. Like, I think the idea of sealing off non-essential items was a bit too far. It was a bit too draconian for me. 
Not to mention, like, if you're not like limiting the number of people who are going to be in the store, what does it matter? You know what I mean? Like, people aren't going to buy, right? Yeah, like, you know what I mean? Like, the virus doesn't care what you're in the grocery store to buy in particular. What what does it matter, right? So, like, this idea that we need to sell off this and sell off that doesn't, to me, really help. You know, like, it's not like people are <clears throat> rushing to get to the grocery store anyway. Maybe they were thinking like some kind of calculus where, okay, well, if people know they can't buy you know, whatever, you know, whatever they were selling off, if they know they can't buy, you know, uh, pottery, then they won't come to the store at all. But that's not necessarily true. Right. So I think that was a bit too far. I think we need to go as far away from draconian measures as we can. And like that's extreme stuff, like, you know, arresting people for being out on the street or um, arresting them for not having a mask. Like I watched this video where this guy was yanked off a bus because he didn't have a mask on. Whereas in other countries, they're handing masks out. So like that sort of totalitarian, authoritarian style, you know, we're going to block off the groceries. That's too far. Like, you know, and I don't have any problem criticizing Whitmer for doing that. Um, but to the point that it, it got out of hand like this to where they're going up to, to Lansing with guns, that's insanity. Right. So I think there is a middle ground between fairly critiquing her response and, uh, you know, going overboard like they did no i i one i don't think i i, don't, I think any of our uh <clears throat> nation's leaders whether it's mayors governors you know they should always um never be above critique so right um, I, I think that she she definitely you know can be should be critiqued about certain things and the certain items you know i don't think it makes much of a difference like you say so i went to walmart with a couple of days i think it was friday right when they had started doing you know, banning certain items you can buy and stuff like that. So they're letting certain people in there and you're not taking up more. If you're going to let certain a number of certain people in the store anyway, which I'm totally for, you know, not having a full fucking store of people. So that's cool with me. I, I'm OK with that. Right. But right. we're taking the same space, whether we're buying fucking paint or we're buying fucking charcoal. So the virus is going to be <laughs> right. in any fucking aisle, rather. So that makes no, right, no exactly. difference. Like I get her, I get the point of trying to lessen in people, you know, lessen people, but lessening people, excuse me. But like to your point, no, it doesn't make a difference if the fucking virus is. If I'm in an aisle buying charcoal and I walk past the paint aisle, the guy's in there and he has the virus, I'm gonna fucking probably breathe the shit in anyway. So. <laughs> You know, that really exactly. doesn't that doesn't make much of a difference. So I, I, I get right. that part. I mean, know, yeah, I mean, the, being able to buy certain things. I, I, yeah, I, 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 I agree yeah. that it, I agree. It's a little extreme to limit what you can buy. But like, like, like you said, I do get it. The whole point is not like, oh, hey, you know, if you, you're 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 safe if you're in one aisle and not in another, not in another aisle. But, you know, the point is to discourage people from even going in the first place. So if they're not there, then they can't get sick. But like, um. Like like Brandon said, it, it is a bit extreme. Um, I don't uh, I don't necessarily agree with uh, that entire aspect, but I do think by and large, um, and I, I I didn't vote for her, so this is the, the this is the extent of uh, how much I'm willing to compliment her. But I do think that by and large, she has done a good job in handling uh, handling this whole situation. Yeah, um, yeah, I I think for the most part, yeah, I agree. Uh, I, I don't I don't have any big big critiques about how she's handling this um, particular, um, but I, yeah, just the extras of you know uh, 
certain aisles like you can't buy paint. I mean, shit, we at home fucking all month. Why can't I fucking paint my walls and shit if I'm gonna be home? <laughs> home? Um, shit, I get some shit done. You know, so I can't buy gardening supplies. Like shit, this is the the time I got where I could do some yard work and shit. So I, my thing is, if you're gonna limit people in the store anyway, you should be able to buy what you want because you're letting a certain number of people in there anyway. You know, with the goal of trying to lessen traffic and stuff like that. So that's a little extra. I don't have a boat, so I don't really have a uh. <laughs> you know, any way about feeling about having a motorized boat out or whatever. Uh, one of my old coworkers messaged me, a white guy, and he's a, you know, staunch, you know, Republican. He was complaining about not being able to go to the gun range and boats. And I was just like, uh, yeah, I don't really, I can't really, uh, I don't have nothing to really say uh, can, uh, about can, that. Can you, can you expound on how this message happened? I'm just curious how a staunch Trump supporter messaged you about how upset he was about not being able to go. So he's, a, oh, he's, a, so he's an old coworker. <laughs> yeah, we need background uh, and, on that, man. Yeah. So, yeah. so background is he, I, I think Mike, you may remember him. It was the guy I used to have on my, I used to argue about just random gun stuff or random uh, Republican shit on my Facebook post. But I finally unfriended him because he was just wild as fuck. But this sounds occasionally, familiar. Yeah. But he occasionally messaged me and uh, could we still, he's still on my G chat. And so he had messaged me actually, was I still working during all of this? Because he still works in the industry or whatever. He was so he, he was to be your friend. That's that's cute. Yeah, I know. It's <laughs> it's crazy. Um because I used to see him, he was working near me. And so this is bar I would go to for lunch. Mm, excuse me. I've seen him a few times, but we used to work together like in 2012. Um, and then we kind of just lost touch when I, I stopped working out there. So he had he just messaged me, was like, Hey, you work? I'm like, nah. Uh, you know, talk about that. And then he was like, you've been staying home. I'm like, yeah, you know, blah, blah, blah. Then he's like, yeah, kind of fucking pissed. I can't go to the gun range and uh, <laughs> uh, go, go on a boat. And I was just like, oh, OK, yeah. <sighs> like, man, I, just, I just want to spend nine dollars and go see Black Widow. <laughs> he's like, oh, man, I'm mad. I can't go to the gun range. Like that's even that's crazy to me. Like of all the things we can't do, that's the thing that he he decided he wanted to reach out and tell you, like, man, it sucks I can't go on my boat. <laughs> well, I think <laughs> like that. You know, we, I mean, we <laughs> talked about this. We talked about this before, though, Mike. You know, as far as uh, there's a lot, a, a substantial number of white people they they can't get with the idea of not being able to do what they want to do. Like, oh yeah, that's what, you know, that's nigga. my favorite phrase. Yeah, so the white people you know, can't conceive of a world where they can't do whatever they want. It's my favorite, yeah, so, one of my favorite phrases. So, you know, I think that just lines up with that. You know what I'm saying? So, um, you know, just not being able to do what the fuck they want. You know, they're having all kind of fucking issues right now. Like, fuck, we can't say nigger and we can't get on our boats? Like, what the fuck? You know, <laughs> Pick so, one, goddammit. Like, <laughs> Pick a struggle. Right, don't, you know don't, don't, don't stop me from doing both. Right. <laughs> like, you know, like, give me, give me the N-word or give me golf. You know what I'm saying? One of the two. You know, it's just... Like Thomas Payne. <laughs> Yeah, it's just <laughs> fucking ridiculous, dog. Give so, me the N-word I, or give me golf. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I swear I wouldn't put that on a fucking shirt, dude. That would be fucking uh, God. <laughs> But yeah, so I was just like, he messaged me down, I was just like, oh, okay, whatever. And I, I just kind of went on with my, uh, I'm trying to, I'm scrolling back up to my chat when I was, uh, oh, okay, you working still, blah, blah, blah. Um, this whole thing is nuts, blah, blah, blah. Then he says... Um, uh, I think I missed that part. But anyway, that's all he basically said, though. It wasn't nothing crazy. Just like, can't go to golf. Can't go to gun range. Like, 
Oh man, I feel sorry, man. I I, I know like all kind of people that's been a uh, you know afflicted with fucking COVID, and you want to go to the fucking gun range. You know what I'm saying? <clears throat> oh, he said I think it's bullshit. We can't. No, he said I, it's a bullshit that we can't fish or go to the gun range. And I'm just like, oh, <laughs> like you would you be fishing oh, right man. now? It's fucking <laughs> snowing, dog. Would you be fishing? No. <laughs> Sitting out 40 degrees, like <laughs> so glad, so glad I can do this in the midst of this pandemic. Yeah. So I'm, I'm so I'm, happy right now. <laughs> yeah, so I'm totally just like, not yeah. cold and uncomfortable. Yeah, but, but I can do it, but I can do it. So, you know, so, that's the reason. so glad that bitch Whitmer isn't stopping me from getting hypothermia. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. Well, I, I've been, and so I'm in a, a bunch of random. So I, I get, a, I got in this Dearborn. It's a Dearborn Facebook group, and I ended up getting in it uh, in July because I was looking at my dog that got lost, and so I was joining all these random Facebook groups to try to find a dog, and so I've still been in it. And like people in Dearborn, the white folks in Dearborn and the other folks, they hate Whitman <laughs> with a strong passion, dog. They are sick of her shit, dog. <clears throat> like they are pissed off. That what do they, they hate? Like, what, what are they mad about? What do they hate? They mad about the, the stay at home order. They just that, that it's not nothing uh, outside of this whole. Oh, I thought it was okay. I oh, no, no, no. I, I don't think I even want to follow any of the other stuff. I hadn't paid much attention, but lately since I've been fucking home <laughs> and bored as shit, yeah, they are pissed. But then you know, as as always, people spread misinformation. Like I don't think she said anything about people cutting their own grass or something. Uh, I don't think it could, I, I don't, you haven't seen that. So, someone's like, So, when can we cut our grass? Like, you can always cut your fucking grass. So, it's just random spreading of random, you know, bullshit like that and yeah, stuff. So, yeah, they, but yes, but then I'm realizing some of the people that I'm like Facebook friends with are like, like some of the white people are like, they're coming out because of this shit. You know, you're seeing like their true colors. Like I, I'm seeing people. It's, it's a uh, bartender that work at a cigar cigar lounge I go to, and she's posting all kind of weird Whitmer memes and shit like that. Mad about not being able to go boating. Like they're really pissed about this whole boating shit, dog. <laughs> like Is the whole boating. Boat- I don't. I, I don't know. Is boating like a big, a big thing? To, I guess know, white people shit. I don't know. Community. I mean, I only know a few people with boats, so. Um, but it's fucking April. It's cold as who the fuck is out on the boat right now? It's cold as fuck, dog. Like with the with the uh the temp from the water, it gotta be like twenty degrees lower at the water anywhere in Michigan. Like why are y'all so so strapped about going on boats right now? And God forbid you're not even to do your gardening or fucking boating for the month of April and probably May and you'd be good sometime. In the you know in the summer yeah, like but summer, right. but me like but meanwhile all kind of black folks and all kind of elderly people dying but she's like you know what fuck it you know as long as I get to my boat you know and get the econ- econ- economy back booming or whatever the fuck you know everything is good like give me the fucking break <clears throat> anyways yeah, that's, uh, that's just crazy <laughs> so yeah so that's kind of like that so um. So I seen that, and we can kind of switch to uh, to kind of Biden and and uh, kind of stuff with that. Uh, I seen that that Obama is, is did he did he actually do the endorsement already? Of- he did. He did. He endorsed him. I think it was yesterday. Yeah, he dropped a music video. <laughs> Are you serious? No, I didn't have music in it, but he dropped a oh, video. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> 
It was like 10 minutes long, too. I didn't even watch it. I was like, I don't want to hear I didn't that watch, shit. I didn't watch it either. <laughs> I just saw that he was doing a video, but I didn't know. And I, Which day was that? I, my days are all fucked, so I, I thought it was Tuesday. I think it was two days ago. Oh, okay. Monday or Tuesday. Okay. So I thought he was doing that. I didn't watch it. I didn't really care to watch it. I don't know what he was going to say that was going to make me feel better about Biden. So I pretty much don't <laughs> think it was anything he could could have said. So um, let me let me ask you this: where, where are you guys at with, with with Biden and the whole way it played out this year? <laughs> don't everybody go at once. <laughs> <laughs> That's a loaded question, dude. Like, I, oh, I could probably give the abbreviated version. Yeah, yeah, you can right. do that. I, I could give the abbreviated version, and right. I was totally disappointed that uh, that that Bernie didn't get the support I thought he should have gotten. And I'm, you know, just kind of irritated with that. And I've never been a Biden fan at all. And so this whole thing has kind of been, you know, kind of crazy. We've talked about a couple of episodes, just the craziness that, that Biden was winning states that he gave no fuck about. He didn't even want to go to those states and they were still fucking pulling for him. And, you know, uh, also, Bernie had a much better campaign. He's a much much saner individual. Uh, <laughs> and <laughs> like how and, how sad is American politics that your level of sanity is a factor <laughs> in whether or not you should be elected? The <laughs> level of sanity. <laughs> like, man. Yeah. After measuring levels Fuck. of sanity to decide <laughs> who's gonna be the best presidential candidate. And so that was so I, I that's the short the short version. Uh I, I feel like Mike could give a, a much uh a much better uh uh version of, of my feelings. Yeah, because I, I want to hear what you guys think before I even you know say anything. All right. Uh, I'll I'll try to be as brief as possible. Um, I'm not saying you have to be brief. I was saying I'm brief because I'm really not uh uh a talker when it comes to that, but I know you can well, give a, a much better explanation. Well, when I say brief, I just mean like briefer than I would be otherwise, just because um, we don't want to be doing this all night, and then Brandon still needs his turn. So uh, I don't want to, I don't want to no, eat no, up the next take, hour. Take but um, I'm, I'm good. No, I'm not gonna take my time. I, I mean, <laughs> I'll, 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 I'll manage. But um, so I think, uh, my, jeez, I don't even know where to start. Um, so I'll start by saying that I've I've been a big fan of Bernie Sanders for a very very long time, like probably a good couple of decades, um, just from seeing him on various uh, shows that I've watched. Like uh, I, I'm a uh, I was about to say I'm a big Bill Maher fan, um, but that's no longer the case. But um, I I have watched Bill Maher for a very long time, back to when he did uh, his show Politically Incorrect, and Bernie would be on there, and I always thought Bernie was a uh, a politician who uh, seemed to be more in line with my thoughts and views and seemed to be uh, gen- genuinely looking out for the best interests of the people. And um, I, you know, I was a big Bernie supporter um, in 2016, a uh, big supporter this year. And um, my thoughts on Biden don't really uh, have anything to do with Bernie Sanders. It's just, uh, I'm just mentioning this to say like, uh, to kind of segue into the fact that I feel like Bernie was, um, railroaded um, his uh, the way the campaign was shaking out um, from let's just say from the start when we had about like 20 candidates um, Bernie was pretty much consistently at the front of the pack if not 
the front runner. It was usually, you know, it floated between him. You know, Warren had a little bit where she was popping. Uh, Harris had a little bit where she was popping after one of the debates. Uh, Pete Buttigieg had a little bit of time where he was popping. But by and large, Bernie was uh, consistently a front runner. And I think what really bothered me was that it was very clear that aside from Joe Biden's shitty political history, um, just as a <laughs> as a senator and as a person, um, his uh, his performance in the debates and his performance anytime he was in front of a camera was disastrously and comically awful. And he was consistently not doing well. And even when we had the first three states in the primaries, he was performing poorly and Bernie was building a pretty substantial lead. And I thought, oh, this is looking pretty good. And then he won South Carolina and everyone dropped out. Everyone threw their support behind Joe Biden. And it it became fairly clear to me that the DNC was pretty set on making sure it was not Bernie Sanders, that Bernie Sanders would not get the nomination. And my thoughts on that is because a Bernie Sanders presidency is not good for the status quo politician who wants to keep things as they currently are, which tends to benefit politicians. Uh, A Bernie Sanders presidency does not bode well for a politician's, uh, let's say, your standard status quo politician's campaign funding. Um, So when it became clear to me that uh, the DNC felt that they were willing to do pretty much anything but Bernie, um, my disdain for Joe Biden increased even more. It was through no actions of his own. He's always been shitty, but my uh, my disdain for him grew because of the inexplicable support that was thrown behind him. And I, I you know, the once everyone dropped out, uh, it was it was clear that you know Bernie Bernie was holding probably about a good. I don't know, thirty percent or so of uh, of the electorate, and uh, on the left, on the far left, um, with uh, Elizabeth Warren, they like they had their lane, and then the moderate lane was congested with four or five, six different candidates all vying for that same demographic. And um, when those candidates all dropped out and threw their support behind Biden, then there were no other options for those people who who felt that. Bernie and Elizabeth Warren were a little bit too far left. So when that happened and they threw all their support behind him, that pissed me off uh, because that felt very calculated. Uh, after Elizabeth Warren dropped out, my immediate thought was I was already I was already on a merging tour, like an anti Elizabeth Warren mindset. Uh, she did a lot of stuff throughout uh, throughout the, the, the time period that the debates were taking place that started to sour me on her. And um, once she dropped out, I thought, okay, well, if she's about all the shit she was talking about, she should throw her support behind Bernie Sanders and send her, you know, send her potential voters his way. And she didn't say a goddamn thing until what today. Uh, And that 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 pissed me off to no end because that that still kind of just helped confirm my suspicions anyway. Uh, If she was really about a progressive agenda and real change in Washington, she would have thrown her support behind the person who supports real change in Washington and progress. And instead she sat silent while her opponents, well, not her opponents, but her, her peers who she had opposed in the debates threw their support behind Biden. She said nothing. And then now she pops up like, Hey, yeah, Biden, when it's very, very clear that they're theoretically 
their views do not align. So um, I guess in short, my issues with Biden are a combination of his historically bad voting record, um, his complete ineptitude currently, um, as Otis said, his lack of sanity. Um, I think clearly he is, I'm not going to sit here. I'm not going to sit here and be like, oh yeah, early onset dementia, but there he's clearly, he's clearly not with it. He's, he's, he's not, he's not of the same mind that he was when he was vice president. Um, and, uh, and then combine that with the fact that the DNC is so anti Bernie Sanders that they are willing to push a vastly inferior and inept candidate just to stop Bernie from getting the nomination. And ultimately this will, this is only going to go one of two ways, a shitty Biden presidency or a shitty Trump presidency. And uh, I would not be the least bit surprised if we end up with another shitty Trump presidency. And uh, yeah, that's, that's it. That's my stance. Don't all speak at once. <laughs> no, well, you, no, you, you, you got to speak for me in a long version. You know, yeah. I, I, I will. I will admit that I def, I wasn't until we started really doing the podcast and you know hearing about you know how you know Mike felt and he was really passionate about it. I started paying a lot more attention. Um, yeah. But I think Mike can always explain uh, explain that better than me, and I totally. I totally agree on, on all the counts and stuff. So, <laughs> yeah, I mean, Mike, you didn't leave me a lot to say, honestly. You kind of covered it from A to Z uh, <laughs> on that one. Um, so, I, I just want to go back for a second to to when you were talking about Elizabeth Warren, because I think that was a pivotal moment, not just in the in the primary. Obviously, it was that, but also like for the future of this party, right? Because what she did was essentially she knew it's going to Joe Biden. They don't know it yet. The public doesn't know it yet, but I know it. Pete knows it. Amy knows it. Every Everyone in this race, maybe even Bernie himself at that point, uh, when they all dropped on Super Tuesday, knew the nomination is going to Biden, and it's nothing anybody can do to stop that from happening. So that, that's the reason why Obama didn't endorse Joe Biden initially and that's the reason elizabeth warren waited until now to where it's like oh well of course she endorsed joe biden because that's the only candidate who was left right where it's completely non-controversial or so they think like that's how stupid they think the american people are like they think that we won't remember that her withholding her endorsement and not specifically not endorsing the candidate who's practically got the exact same platform give like Elizabeth, the difference between Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders is the difference that the rest of the Democrats purport there to be between centrist and progressives, right? Like they say, we all want the same things. We just sort of just disagree a little bit about the details of how to get there. That's bullshit, right? Like if they, they don't want that, the centrist Democrats, the corporate branch of the Democratic Party do not want uh, that kind of change at all, right? It's just what they say to sort of capitulate to progressive voters after the fact. But notice this. Notice that they did this in 2016 with Hillary Clinton. They effectively rigged the primary so that Hillary Clinton would be the nominee, no matter what Bernie Sanders did. It didn't matter, right? And then they turned around and, and, and they lost, and then they did it again, right? <laughs> so it's like, like 
that is crazy. Like, think about that. They tried this exact same thing in 2016. The exact same thing. You had a you had a progressive who had a groundswell of grassroots support, and they bucked that to uh, nominate a centrist, and they wanted to run a centrist against a populist or at least a pseudo populist like Trump, and they lost. And then they thought, you know what we should do? We should do that all over again with a worse candidate. With a candidate, a this, candidate. I mean, he. I mean, he's talk about his sanity level. I mean, we really have the question. I mean, Mike, I get it. I, I, I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to say he has dementia, but I think we can all agree he's cognitively compromised, right? <laughs> I, mean, we, I think we all can agree on that, right? And so this man has a worse, even like, and that's hard to do. It's hard to have a worse voting record than Hillary Clinton, but somehow <laughs> Joe Biden managed to accomplish that, right? It's hard to be less likable than Hillary Clinton. And, but, but somehow, Joe Biden, I mean, I mean, we're not going to even get to the rape allegation. Or, you know, plural, actually. Like the what rape allegations? Yeah, right. And, and the way, and so, like, I mean, that brings me to my next point. Like, the way mainstream media completely whiffed on that, right? They completely just didn't even cover it, especially while the primary was still happening. Now, now notice they talk about it a little bit now. Um, I think they mentioned it on... Uh, New York Times in, in a way to defend Biden, but at least they mentioned it, but they didn't mention it at all, like not whatsoever before the primary was wrapped up, before Bernie Sanders dropped out. So, Mike, it speaks to your point about just this this vast conspiracy um, in the way that they operate. Like, they're not trying to find out which candidate the American people actually want to represent them for president. They're, they have no interest in that. Right. And if you don't have any interest in what the people actually want, if you're trying to dictate to the people what they want, if you're trying to install candidates, then that's not a democracy that you're living in. Right. So like this idea that progressives are now supposed to just fall in line, you know, um, and just accept that they do this, that they install the candidate that they want. And, and, you know, and. Also, by the way, the candidate is not going to uh, represent or fight for any of the changes that all of these people want. You know, it's not even just progressives that Medicare for all is is popular with Medicare for all is popular with almost all Democrats and some Republicans, believe it or not. And, you know, the student student debt forgiveness, that's popular with almost all the Democrats, like all of these ideas, the Green New Deal, that's popular with almost all the Democrats. So like all of these policy proposals the progressives are trying to fight for the American people actually want. But again, you hit it on the head. Democrats don't want that because they're, they're corporatists, right? They're, they're owned by corporate interest. So that's who they represent in their legislation. And you guys are right. Bernie Sanders was a threat to that establishment and they knew it. Trump is not a threat to that establishment because Trump's a neoliberal, you know, Trump is going to do the same deregulation He's going to do the same government subsidies. He's going to do the same tax breaks. He's going to do the same things that these corporations want. So they don't they don't necessarily lose with Trump. Right. They don't lose or at least they don't lose with Trump the way they will lose with Bernie Sanders. So the the, the primary objective in this pri- in this primary um, was to defeat Bernie Sanders. You know, and you you would hear Freudian slips all the time to that effect, which is where people would say, what can we do? Can anything stop Bernie Sanders right now? And it took like this concerted effort. this just like obvious, overt conspiracy to sink his campaign. And 
you know, people have crit now. The thing about me, Mike, I'm different from you. I didn't know about Bernie Sanders 20 years ago. You know, I didn't know about Bernie Sanders probably until 2014 or so. And um, so I'm not like a burn. I know it, it like if you read my Twitter, it sounds like I'm like a Bernie stand. I'm not. You know, I my my primary orientation is about justice. That's it. And so Bernie Sanders, to me, represented a conduit to justice. But it's nothing personal for or against Bernie Sanders to me. You know, if if I have so a candidate, you feel that void at exactly. that time. If it was somebody else, you would have been for that. Somebody person. else been somebody else. Right? So it's not like to me. Like so, so I'm different than like say the MAGA guy who like exalts Donald Trump because they just like Donald Trump the person. I could care less about the person, right? And, and most progressives, I think, are like me, where it's all about the policy. What are you proposing to do? Like, how are you going to fix? Uh, you know, how are you going to fix the fact that we have 80,000 people or so that die every year because they don't have sufficient health care? You know, what are you going to do about the fact that we got people who can't really get off the ground in their adult life because they're drowning in student loan debt, which for most people is going to take a lifetime to pay off if they ever pay it off? You know what I mean? What are you going to do about the people who are drowning in, in medical debt or credit card debt that Joe Biden uh you know, work so hard to get these interest rates that's that that high, right? So, like, what are you going to do about our foreign policy that that's been bombing Middle Eastern countries relentlessly for the better part of thirty years? What do you, what's your plan to to stop that? You know what I mean? What what are you going? What do you do for the people who are working forty hours a week and can't afford to live? What's your plan for that? Right. So, like, that's what I care about, and Biden has no answers for any of those people. You know, and, and that's before we like break into like his flaws as a politician, you know, his racism, his his, uh, you know, lauding of segregationists in, in other known races. Right. Like his his sexual assault accusations. Right. Like his his uh, defense of, you know, or his uh, his his diatribe against Anita Hill. Right. Like all of these things. Like, I mean, he's got a long rap sheet. Uh, in his career of things he's done that are just beyond that are shockingly to me disqualifying for a president especially like if the if the democrats want to take this position of like moral superiority donald trump is like bad because of this and that you know he grabs women you know you know where and all of that but your guy does that you know what i mean like your guy's a racist <laughs> your guy's a segregationist your guy's are uh you know being credibly accused of rape so, like, you can't play, the, like, the moral high ground game and run that candidate. You can't run that guy, right? Like, if your shtick is, I'm going to be, the, you know, morally superior. So, um, I'm, I've been thinking really hard about how to react to this, right? Because what they're basically saying is they're, 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 they're calling our bluff, right? They're saying, you ain't going to not vote for us. You don't have a choice. You don't want Donald Trump, do you? And and then conversely, they're saying, and we don't have to do a, a really a damn thing you want us to do. We don't have to do anything because you need us. So that's what they're telling. They, they're telling us that we need them and they don't need us. Right. <laughs> At the same time, they're begging for our votes. And, and people are so afraid of right. Like four more years of Donald Trump. They're so afraid of that, that they're considering you know, doing that. I'm not though. Right. Like I got, I, I've completely made my mind up. I don't know exactly who I'm voting for yet, but I guarantee you it won't be Donald Trump or Joe Biden. I can guarantee you that. And because to me, 
Yes, and, and I'm not ashamed of this. The Democrats need to learn a lesson, right? They need to learn that you can't rig primaries and install your preferred candidates against the will of the people without consequences. They think that they can. And if, and if uh, Joe Biden wins the presidency, they'll know that they can, right? So we actually can't afford to let Joe Biden get elected. Because they're going to think that, oh, this is the way to do it. You know, it's like Pavlov's dog. You know, when, when a behavior is rewarded, then you just repeat the behavior. So we cannot allow ourselves to reward the Democrats for this kind of corruption. You know, now, if that translates to voting for Green Party or sitting out, I don't know yet. Um, I just know I'm not rewarding the Democrats for doing what they did in 2016, which is how we got Donald Trump in the first place. And then they paint Donald Trump as like, he's the boogeyman. He's the worst thing that ever happened to America. I know American history. Donald Trump is not in the top 100 worst things to happen in this country. Right. So just pump the brakes on that. And, you know, if you are someone who can identify yourself as a Democrat, I don't know why you would do that. But if you are a person like that, you got to really think, are, are they really representing what you want to happen? You know, other than just telling you where our guy is and Donald Trump, you know, what else are they doing for you? So, first off, that's a lot. <laughs> yeah, that's a whole lot. But it's yeah. it's it's actually it's what uh, all of what you explain is what I really wanted to really hear, and actually just on the podcast because I was following one of your uh your Facebook posts, um, yeah, and it really it really had me thinking, and I was just like, you know, the point you made of just you know, if we allow Biden to win, it just, you know, the Democrats win if, to the point of putting someone there that are is, a I guess, in the lesser evil. Like, you, you, you know, you brought up, like, just the whole morality thing. And it's like, you know, Trump is, I mean, uh, not Trump, uh, Biden has had things that are comparable to Trump, but since they're not as bad, they figure Trump is... I mean, Biden is the better person. And so you go with him. But we survived four years of, of Trump. Is it going to be that bad? And will this finally teach, potentially teach the Democratic Party a lesson that you can't just put a person that you want us to vote for and not, and, and it works? Right. I, I was just really, I, I mean, I, exactly. I, I, I've been, you know, I've, I'll, you know, I, I I would definitely say up until maybe maybe a month ago, I I definitely like subscribed and not you know I guess willingly, but kind of like fuck. I guess we gotta vote for fucking Biden because we don't want Trump. But it's like you know the points you made were so fucking fucking awesome. Is that you know they're they're pretty much putting someone there and they just making us vote for him, and it's that's that's fucked up. Right. And we can't allow it. We can't. We can't allow them to do that, right? And that I, and that's more important than four years of Donald Trump. Yeah, um, Mike, you still here? <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, I was letting y'all okay. do your thing. No, I, I. And so I, you know, it just, you know, when I, I, I seen your post and I was like, "Fuck, dude." That's, you know, I've, I've heard a lot of, I've seen, you know, I'm on Twitter constantly. I've seen, you know, tons of posts of, of people you know, who, who support the narrative of anyone, uh, but Trump, but no one has yet to it kind of explain like, you know, like you did. And like, I've seen you do of why that is so detrimental 
to just us, period, but just the Democratic Party if, you know, you totally subscribe subscribe to that. I mean, I feel like I've probably been more Democratic than anything else in my in my my little political life. Um, mm-hmm. But that really had me thinking, like, that's 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 just not not cool. <laughs> I mean, right. and it's you know, to, for lack of better terms, like that's just not the real the real way to go. And you know, you just I don't know, you just made so many points about it, man. It's just it's it's a lot to fucking take in. Um, but you know, I I, I agree on, on on all fucking points. Like, so how do you, how do you guys reconcile the uh, the thought that if you let's say you were to vote you know for, for a, a third party candidate um, based on all of the valid reasons to do so uh, with mm-hmm. the full knowledge that at the end of the day the American voter is just not informed and ultimately how do we get to a place where this matters where this being um, those of us who look at what's going on, see what's going on, acknowledge it and understand it and say, you know what, this is fucked up. I'm not going to participate in this dynamic anymore. Uh, How do we reconcile that with the fact that we live in a place, we live, we live in a time right now where um, there's not enough people who are informed enough to join us in that, in that thought process. Like, you know, you, you're going to go to the polls and vote for whoever you vote for, Brandon, uh, specifically, like whoever you end up voting for. Um, and you're ultimately going to go there with the full knowledge that it, at the end of the day, it's still going to end up being Biden or Trump. Right. I mean, that's a great question, Mike, um, because, yeah, I mean, when you, when you again, when you do the calculus, there is this reality that we have a binary system for better or for worse, usually it's for worse. And it seems like certainly that it'll be just one of the primary uh, competitors who will end up uh, being elected. And, and that's when, again, I think you have to look at the long game. Um, and I think a lot of people don't think about this because I think it's easy to get up for presidential elections. Uh, mm-hmm. But lo- local elections matter, too. And and I, I would argue maybe in some ways that they matter even more. Um, oh, I absolutely argue they matter more. Yeah, for people's daily lives, like your day-to-day life, the local elections matter a lot more than the the, uh, national ones do. So not only just voting for a a president that reflects the sort of country that you want to live in and the the values that you have, but also at at the local level, you know, voting for state representatives, city representatives who are, if you're progressive, who are progressive as well. You know, and, and winning those small battles, and that adds up because now you have a coalition that is starting to develop in each of the states that make a third-party candidate more more competitive. You know, like let's like last uh, in 2016, I voted for Jill Stein because her platform was by far, I mean, wasn't even close to most progressive. She was even more. I prefer her to Bernie Sanders even in 2016 because she was more progressive. Like a lot of the ideas, like completely uh, eliminating student loan debt. That wasn't Bernie Sanders' original idea. That was from Jill Stein. Um, and so he actually became more progressive between now and, and uh, then. So again, the point is, I voted for Green Party. Now, obviously, Jill Stein didn't get close to, to winning, but she got a significant chunk of the vote. And the more often that happens, the closer we get to what I think is inevitable here, and that's having three parties. 
because I don't think for a country this huge, and this is a massive country, make no mistake, that two parties can adequately like represent all of these different interests. I mean, it's it's crazy, actually, that we've been doing it for this long because it's it's really uh, just uh, insufficient to have only two parties that are that are representing this many different people and this many different ideas. So, you know, like Mike, I think you mentioned earlier where Bernie Sanders was polling at 30 percent practically through the entire primaries, even though the field was full of different uh, competitors. And that's why he was running away with it. Well, if you win 30 percent or so in a national election, that's the presidency when you have three parties. Right. Because it'll be 33 percent split up three ways. So um, or you'll be competing for that. So. Yeah, you'd be competing to get to that 33%. So, and Bernie Sanders is really close to that. Um, and I, I think if had he been the nominee, he would actually beat Trump. I, I don't think Biden will. But so, like, you know, it's a long road to justice. You know, like, it looked it looked doable, you know, but then we got to remember, like, all of the movements before us, like the civil rights movement, right, like the suffrage movement, um, the, the, the abolitionist movement. None of these things happened overnight. You know, and so we got to like even with this, this is like just more of a social justice movement where we want people to be able to have health care and be educated and work jobs that give them enough money to live and stuff like that. So this movement is more like the social justice movement. Um, But, you know, it's not going to be easy. Like we're up against an establishment that doesn't share those goals. And so even if that means take like losing this battle, but winning the war, that's how we have to look at it. But you can't be petrified by fear of four more years of Donald Trump. You know, like you can't allow fear to dictate your values and your politics. And, I, you yeah. know, so. No, I say, yeah, man, that's a, that's a really good point, especially since uh, despite me being kind of like the consummate pessimist, um, I do think that um, we have been by and large trending in the right direction. Um, mm-hmm. like, like you mentioned, uh, the previous movements and how they didn't happen overnight. Um, I do think that, and I think that's probably why I'm so discouraged right now is that I felt that we were, we were almost there. Like it felt like the swell of support for those types of candidates was really building. Like, um, following 2016, when, uh, when Trump got elected, I thought, you know, well, actually let me preface this by saying that I felt like Trump's election was a backlash to Obama's election. Mm-hmm. So I agree. You get you get Trump in there. I thought my next thought was like, okay, not, at at the time, not even knowing how he would perform in office. Like, you know, uh, you, you think, you know, you don't know shit about Trump as a politician because he 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 isn't one. He never was one. But like, you know, you're thinking, okay, this is the fucking guy from the apprentice, you know, like he's a fucking <laughs> he's a fucking clown. Like there's no way this is going to go well. And it's gone exponentially worse than I thought than I thought it was going to go. Um, but <laughs> even back then in 2016, I thought, you know, if this goes poorly, um, things could we could we could get the backlash in the opposite direction again. So, you know, and then you saw in 2018, we had the uh, we had the uh, AOC getting her big upset win. And you started to see other wins like that. You had uh, more minorities getting elected in, into, you know, local uh, uh, local spots. You had um, uh, uh, more support coming from the people for these kind of like young, progressive, uh, 
minorities or brown people, period. Uh, a lot of women got elected in 2018. Like, and I thought, I thought we were trending in the right direction just two years ago. I was like, man, this is looking really good. And then, you know, we had <laughs> Bernie come back for 2020 and we had this, this large, uh, this large group of candidates that had a, a, a great, you know, a great amount of diversity among them. And I thought, yeah, this is going pretty well. And then it all went to shit. If we do get uh, a little bit more vocal about some of the things that are going on, we can kind of help get ourselves over that hump because there's a lot more people who are saying the things that we're saying uh, than there was two years ago, four years ago. Um, And those people, as they get more vocal, um, the idea of voting for a third party becomes less taboo. And, you know, we could, we could, we could get there. Hey, Brandon, I got a question for you. Are you still here? Yeah. I had some yeah, issues. It, it was some issues, but it, I think it cleared up. Um, you mentioned in, in one of your uh, Facebook posts about, you know, a, a, a candidate earning your vote, which I feel like that should be, you know, the main factor when people, you know, want to uh, consider a candidate. Like, did this person earn my vote? Did they do the things that they that, are they saying they're going to do the things that they are going to do and it's going to benefit us and stuff like that. So how do you think that we can really push the the narrative of of candidates earning our earning our votes? I mean, that's a great question. I I think the most obvious answer is simply by, you know, how you hear vote with your wallet. Well, you know, vote with your vote, right? Like so if if a candidate doesn't represent your political goals, then you should withhold your vote from that person. You should always vote for the candidate that represents your goals, right? And and that that reinforces just like the idea that, okay, if I want this person or if I want this group of people to vote for me, I'm going to actually have to bring something to the table. And as far as just like the discourse around it, that's a tougher, that's a tougher question, right? Because again, it's the same thing with the Constitution. It's this religious thinking. Like people... You know, this thing is called particularism, where you just you have this innate loyalty to to a political party or a team or a color or a city. Right. Like and you have this unwavering, unquestioning loyalty to it. And it makes you do like really crazy, you know, like mental gymnastics, you know, because like it's, it's like how you see with the whole thing with the rape accusation with Joe Biden. Um, you know, when it was Brett Kavanaugh, people were all like, oh my God, you know, believe women, you know, he's terrible, you know, and it was no, you know, and Brett Kavanaugh was instantly guilty in the mind of a Democrat, but in the mind of a Republican, he wasn't right. And so that made Democrats, (laughs) at least at the time, feel like, oh, see, we're morally superior. We don't like rapists. But when your guy, right, like on your team is being accused of rape now, it's just the total inverse and you're doing what they were doing like you're doing exactly what they were doing right and like in that religious way of thinking about your party or your team or your uh constitution or your bible that's a dangerous way to operate because it doesn't leave any room for logical analysis it doesn't leave room for critical thinking and most importantly it doesn't leave room to change your mind so talking about earning my vote, could I vote for Joe Biden? I probably could. Like if Joe Biden would actually capitulate to some of the demands of the progressive left, 
Um, yeah, I probably could vote for Joe Biden if he would do that. Right. So like and again, it's the same thing with Bernie Sanders. It's not about Joe Biden, the person like the man. Now, obviously, he's deeply flawed. I, I mean, I don't know. I don't know a person, much less a politician who isn't. But um, it's not about him as a person. Right. Like if, if he's accomplishing the political goals of a progressive, which I consider myself to be. And, and, and my political goals are really just all about achieving a, a socially just country. Right. Like and if Joe Biden goes far enough to help me accomplish those goals, then he would have earned my vote through, through virtue of that. Right. So I think the discourse needs to shift away from I'm a Democrat. Like, what the fuck does that even mean? What do you mean? I'm a, what is a Democrat anyway? Like, that's, that's always crazy to me. I'm a Democrat or I'm this or I'm that. Like if a Democrat can be for rapists one day and against the rapists the next day, if a Democrat is OK with bombing children in the Middle East and, and putting kids in cages as long as it's the blue team that's doing it. Like if a Democrat's OK with all that shit, then what the fuck does it even mean to be a Democrat? You know, and so like and that's again, that's just that religious, particularist way of thinking to where like that's honestly oh, it's like that's the dangerous part where we're not thinking in terms of what are my ideals? What do I actually believe in as an individual versus what does my team want? You know, and that's maybe like there's just an aspect of human nature where we're just deeply tribal, tribalistic like that. But if we want to have a successful country in a, in a healthy government, then we need to move away from that like religious way of approaching um, decisions. So... I'm sorry, Mike. Go ahead. How did you know I was about to say something? <laughs> I heard you. you started, and then I, I, <laughs> I, I opened my mouth, and I think I started to inhale. And I don't know how oh, you knew that I was about to say no, something. I didn't say something. Yeah, no, I was. No, I was. But I didn't know you. I, I, I feel like I'm. I, I feel shit. like I'm clear. Guys been doing this show for a long time. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's true. No, I was gonna say. I was gonna say. I think that the discourse needs to shift as well. Like we talk about, like like he was saying, you know, about you know, I'm a Democrat or I'm a Republican or something like that. I think the discourse needs to shift away from this whole uh, this whole stigma of not being willing to talk about politics. You know, it, it's it's very like you know, I don't talk about politics. I don't talk about religion, et cetera, et cetera. And I think that mm. if as the tide is shifting, it's imperative that those of us who are informed seek to inform those who aren't, because a lot of the a lot of the misinformation or ignorance of the common voter um, is dangerous. And I think a lot of us who who have that knowledge base, it's our it's it's we're, we're Spider-Man. Like with great power comes great responsibility. And I think that with great knowledge comes great responsibility. And I'm not saying that we have great knowledge, but I mean, like, you know, I think it's important that we um, share some of these thoughts and get less, get away from the idea of uh, we can't talk about politics. Um, and the reason I say that going back to the um, the uh, governor, uh, the gubernatorial election uh, that we had here, um, there was not a lot of knowledge about who was running. And um, I, I was, as, as Otis knows, um, uh, was a very big supporter of Abdul El-Sayed. And um, I made it a point to not shy away from talking about who I was voting for and why. And I found success there. Like, 
did he win? No, but I, I'm certain that I swayed voters who are undecided and Mm -hmm. you can't do that. If you're, if you're sitting on your hands going, I, I, we don't talk about politics here. Uh, Because those people who don't know, who who might still be able to be swayed or who don't really have the information that you have, uh, they can be swayed. And I think you owe it to yourself and to those who you want to help talking about uh, social justice. Um, If you really want that, uh, you owe it to your own ideals to attempt to make that happen by opening up these conversations and not being afraid to say, you know what? Joe Biden has these issues, these this issue, this issue, this issue, um, and this is why he's a shitty candidate. And we all know that Donald Trump has this issue, this issue, this issue, and that's why he's a shitty person and a shitty president. And this is why I'm voting for so and so. And I think if we get if we are a bit more vocal about who we're supporting and why, and why that why the idea of um, it's got to be a Democrat or a Republican, why that needs to stop. I think that we can make a difference because I know I, I can't speak for either of you two, but I know that just from doing this podcast and talking about politics on, in the times that we do, I know we've informed people. I know we've swayed people. And I know that people who follow me on Facebook or are friends with me on Facebook, I know I've swayed people. I know I've convinced people. and. I can't do it alone, but I also can't sit here and act like, oh, man, I'm not going to make any difference. I'm going to sway a couple voters and those people are going to sway a couple people. And Brandon's going to sway a couple voters and Otis is going to sway a couple voters and those people will sway people and it'll spread just, just like coronavirus. And we, we get hopefully we get to where we want to be at. <laughs> if, if it could spread like the coronavirus, we would have a whole different system right now. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> no, but but uh, I I think you know to to your point, uh, Mike. I think you know people always. That's one of the things. Church and and church and politics is one of one of the things that I always shied about shied upon talking about people at work or people I don't know well. Because I'm just like, why why do I want to talk about those things? I mean, church. I mean, you can. I I don't really have no no real feelings about it as much as I used to, but politics shouldn't be like that. Like, why should we shy away about wanting people in office to to earn our votes, to be able to uh, represent the things that we want? That shouldn't be something that we should, that people should really shy away from though. Um, so that's, that really should become more normal in, in conversation. You know, I don't, I never want to be the person that want to force people to talk about a certain topic, you know, but, and, and I think a lot of people aren't, aren't really politically, I guess, uh, inclined. And I think the notion is that it's, it's, it's really deep conversation, but it's really not. You know, what what candidate has, you know, has earned the, the your vote as far as the things you want? And that shouldn't be a hard conversation. No. And, and, and you look at uh, you look at the workplace and um, that's one of the places where people are staunchly opposed to talking about politics and it doesn't have to be a situation where you go into work and you're like, yeah, I'm going to vote for Joe Biden because fuck Donald Trump. He's a racist and he does all this kind of stuff. It doesn't have to be you don't have to bring that kind of energy. You can make that point without bringing that kind of energy and you can do it by explaining it the way Brandon explained earlier. You know, uh, this person hasn't earned my vote. This person has. These are the reasons why. These are the reasons why 
X individual has not earned my vote. Like, it, it, and it can be a civil conversation because that's how, um, when I was talking about um, Abdul uh, earlier, um, I didn't I didn't go into work and go, yo, fuck Gretchen Whitmer, yo, fuck Bill Shooty, the piece of shit. Like, I, you know, I didn't go in there and like get wild or anything like that. I didn't I didn't even actively seek to talk about it. But it was a situation where um, I think I had a I had an Ab Abdul sticker on my laptop. And uh, one, somebody at work mentioned, uh, yeah, you know, uh, I'm thinking about voting for Sri Tanadar. And I was like, yeah, let's have a seat and talk. <laughs> <laughs> and, then, and, you know, it, it, and, you Bro, know. I haven't heard Sri Tanadar name in so long. Uh, but the, when that guy did the commercial with Popeyes, I was just like, dog, he is the fucking worst, dude. Like, what the fuck is he doing? <laughs> And, and and you can always you can always uh, find out what what someone values and try to appeal to that. Um, and there and there will be people who uh, and usually it, it usually revolves around religious based reasons. There will be people who will support a candidate that does not that, that, that does not have any sort of policies or ideals that are aligned with them, except one thing that's very important, and that's enough. Like I know someone who's uh, uh, who has a relative who is a Trump voter for no reason other than he said that he was pro-choice. I mean, pro-life. Sorry, that's it. That was the only reason. A lot, it's a lot of voters like that. But that's, yeah, that's that's mostly that's, the, the 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 Christianity vote is just uh, against pro-life. And yeah, so, no, you that's, know, yeah, you that's a lot, you have a lot of you have a lot of people who are Christian, and yeah. especially like Black Christians, which I can only really talk about because i only really know black christians and they will feel they're in a i guess you know a more of a i guess democratic vote but they would lean towards a, a republican i guess vote you know for sake of argument just because of you know a being against abortion and so you know uh we had one this i think sometime in february or early march uh, it's what's the the guy who was running for uh, was it John James, the black guy? <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, he has commercials on TV all the time now. Yeah, he came he came to my job. So my my uh my, the owner of my job is kind of he's he's mostly Republican, although he uh, he hates Trump, but he's mostly Republican. And uh, who is this? Who is this? I missed it. Uh, John James. No, who you said hates yeah, Trump, somebody. but is mostly oh, Republican. The owner, somebody. the owner, the owner, my um the owner of my company. Oh, okay. All right. And so I don't think he he subscribes to like Trump, but he, I think he's more of a Republican. I don't think actually Trump really subscribes to Republican, but anyway. <laughs> uh, but he uh, he's you know he he I guess he's a John James fan, so he had him come in and he spoke to us and stuff. And I wasn't too familiar with him. I had seen a couple of commercials and stuff, but I know he had. Uh, I think he had lost out of the Senate last year, mm -hmm. or yeah. And so he was you know talking. And um, I don't know. I, I, I hate this feeling, you know, I have. But I was just like, I was really, when I first came into the to the meeting, before he spoke, like, I always wanted to just support black people. But then as he talked, I was like, dog, he is so fucked up. <laughs> and I just, could, I just couldn't rock with him. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I was just hearing his, you know, him talk. And I was just like, yeah, he's, I'm like. And I think the thing, the weird thing that kind of threw me off about him, and I don't, it, this has nothing to do with his politics or anything, but I always, whenever I'm in a room where I'm like one of the only black people, 
I always feel like if the only other black person doesn't acknowledge me, I feel like they trash. <laughs> and and that was him. I agree. That was I him. So agree with that shit. I was him. Like I was in the room. I was the only black person. I was one. No, it was another black woman in the room. And so it was. I was the only black guy in the room. And there's another black woman. And that's mostly because of like the white collar in my job. Um, I'm like one of two white, two black guys that's white collar in my job. The other guy's the IT guy, and he wasn't in there at the time. So, and the other black <laughs> one, I don't even know what she did. I forget. I don't even know her. But, um, but the, when you don't even give eye contact or acknowledge other black people in a room, I always feel like you ain't shit because you're not even acknowledging <laughs> other black people. And it has nothing to do with his politics. He probably could have had decent politics, but he, he doesn't. He, he, he and he didn't, and he doesn't. <laughs> but you, if you don't acknowledge any other black people in the room, I feel like you trash anyway. So, like, I was going to go, like, I was sitting, you know, I'm sitting in the back, you know, I'm sitting at the table, and, you know, he's talking. And, you know, how you, you know, if you're a public speaker, you kind of get eye contact from other people, and you're engaging. But that guy did not engage me at all. And I was just like, eh, I really can't fuck with this guy. He, he not even trying to fuck with black people like that. And so that was my that was my barometer of judging him. I was just like, no, I can't fuck with him based on that. And oh so man, I love it. Kind of, you know, kind of went from there. But I was just like, and I and at the end, people were going to shake hands. I just went to my fucking desk. Dog. I was like, I'm not shaking this fucking hand. Like you, you, you could. I obviously am the most black. I'm, I'm the black person. I'm the black male in the room. You can't acknowledge me. You know, I just feel like something's up. So you know, whatever. But. Yeah, I, I, I just I don't think politics, you know, should have to be that a point of non not talking about it. I mean, I work in an office where like my my actual boss is Indian and the rest of the guys is white, and um, a lot of the guys they we don't they, no one talks about politics much at all much at all in our office, but um, you could tell that some of them may be you know uh, more of a right wing you know lean in or whatever and so i don't really fuck with them like that but it shouldn't be a topic that you shouldn't be able to talk about you know we go back to whole earning votes you know is this person going to earn my vote by the things they do the things they do and i'm i feel like i don't think trump earns i mean i'm sorry uh biden earns a lot of people votes other than he's the democratic candidate and the sad state of affairs is that He's gonna earn a lot of votes just from being Obama adjacent. Right, like that, his, his really fucking it. commercials is straight him and Obama. Like he he so I seen the I seen the tweet that said uh, something about him leaning heavily on Obama. I'm like leaning like the crutch. If there was a picture of a crutch, it would be a picture of Obama, <laughs> and he was on it like that. He, he, his whole thing was Obama, like that, and that, and and that, I feel like that was totally for the black vote. Oh yeah, definitely. Like man, yeah. In in the eyes of most black voters, Obama can do no wrong. And uh, the irony of that is, uh, <laughs> uh, Ob- Ob- Obama was. I, I if I'm being if I'm being gracious, I'd say that Obama uh, slightly above average president. I, uh, he he he. Obama's best uh, best selling point to the black community was, was his black? swag. <laughs> oh, <laughs> yeah, but uh, yeah, like 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 you will never hear. I I I to this day have not heard 
a black person speak highly of Obama as it pertains to his performance as a president. Not once. It's always about um, his uh, uh, that time he wore that brown suit or uh, about how, oh, shit, he out there on a, a, a jet ski. Oh, my president's so dope. <laughs> like, oh, man, did you hear how he uh, what was that? What was that one? Oh, when he uh sang the Marvin Gaye song, like, oh man, that's my president singing Marvin Gaye. Like they never have anything to say about his actual performance while in office. It's always about things that don't matter. And when that is the type of voter you're dealing with, it's easy to to say, okay, we're gonna push Joe Biden because like like Brandon was saying, like you have folks who um are just kind of like vote voting on their uh not, well, not voting with their gut cause, and Brandon didn't say that but like you have uh folks who are uninformed and easily swayed and if you have folks who are just looking at the fact that uh they know Joe Biden from being near Barack Obama and that's pretty much the extent of their, their logic for voting for him uh, <laughs> we're 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 destined to fail yeah, Mike. I mean, you make some great points, man. Uh, especially the, just the whole part about being o- Obama adjacent. But I think, and you really hit the nail, the nail on the head in terms of like the black, the general attitude of black people towards Obama and and what they sort of are are looking for. And I think the reason for that is these are not typically people that are invested in the political process, right? Like they don't know anything really like that kind of voter doesn't know anything about um, how federal politics actually works. They don't get it. They don't have any education about it. So all they can do is like look for something that they relate to and then uh, fall back on that. Right. So like it's, it's like you said, sort of the onus is on us to get people invested and involved with the actual political process to understand the actual stakes and, you know, so that they can actually because they don't even have a framework or a frame of reference to evaluate Obama's performance. Do you know what I mean? Like they, mm-hmm. they don't know how to, to tell whether or not he's done a good job or, you know, like they don't know, uh, you know, for instance, the 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 economic impact that his presidency had on the uh, average net worth of the black household actually plummeted hundreds of percentage points. They don't know that. You know, right. So like it's up to people who do know to, to educate uh, like that less informed voter. And then I, w- I also think just honestly that the fact that we don't have widely available college this free or at least affordable is the part of why like the systems are systems are so messed up. You know, these are people that are just severely undereducated and they don't have the tools to like really analyze what's happening. And so kind of like every point that you made is exactly what happens, right? Because that's because they are not equipped to actually understand what's happening, you know? And so they, yeah, so the lowest common denominator appeals to them and that goes for the right. And, you know, that goes for conservatives and Democrats. Yeah. And like you said, the onus is on us. Like the, you know, like I was mentioning with Abdul, when I talked to the one person about Sri Tanadar, like it, you know, if, when the, when the time comes and we know, officially who who's going to be uh on the ticket it, it's on us to sit down and go you know conversations are going to happen people are going to you know 
I'm voting for Biden because fuck Trump. Oh, I'm voting for Biden because fuck Trump. And it's it's going to be on us to say, hey, let's talk about the crime bill. Hey, let's talk about Social Security. Let's talk about the things that he did that uh, put put people that look like us in bad shape. Like, let's talk about some of that stuff, because uh, like you said, people right. just don't know. And um, if we're sitting here with that knowledge, withholding it and then thumbing our nose like oh, i can't believe you're voting for that piece of shit like we're not going to get anywhere we got to uh work a little bit harder to educate folks and it doesn't have to be this big thing where you're just ranting and raving all the time although that's something i customarily do but it can still be it, it doesn't have to be like that it can be a a simple like well did you know that uh that he did this vote back then did you know that he did these things back then uh you know that's something that disproportionately affected people who look like you and I, like, is that, is that what you want to support? You know, uh, you know, or present the whatever candidate you, you might be supporting at that time. So-and-so candidate uh, supports this, and this is how that benefits us. Uh, the support, this, they support this thing. That's how that's going to help the country, or that's how it's going to help uh, the lesser off. Cause that's all, that's always been my selling point. You, it's, it's pretty much the same as your social justice point. Just, you know, who's, who's looking out for the common man, that's that's right. my that's my basic stance. So, I, you know, explain I, I, that. I just think the problem you, you're going to run into and and for the record, I totally I totally fully support what you're saying. I just think the problem you're going to run into is that people are in the mind state of anyone but Trump. So no matter what potentially not potentially, but what Biden actually did in his past and stuff like that, people are still going to look to you know, this is better than what Trump is. And they they're overlooking the whole thing of our our two party system is fucked. Uh, how, the, you know, the point that Brandon made of them pretty much making us get to the point where we have Biden and not, you know, and that's the only option to to for a president other than uh, Trump. And so I just don't know how how do you combat those but it's better than Trump comments or, you know, stances because a lot of people are still going to be with that. A lot of people are really, I mean, I see it every day on Twitter, you know, I mean, it's fucking hashtags, anyone but Trump. And so now yeah. it's just that anyone is, it, and, and it's not even, and I, I, I and, and now that I think about it, you know, the, the thing of anyone but Trump is kind of false because they're not thinking of anyone but Trump. It's really Biden or Trump now. Because if it was anyone with Trump, they would consider any other person that would be running. But they're not. It's really now Biden versus Trump. So it's like, I don't, I think it's a hard sell on telling people that, you know, Biden isn't the person that you, you know, you want. But then they're like, who else is there? And even still, they're still like, any, you know, we want Trump out. Biden is, quote, the best person to get them out, you know, per, per their perspective. And, you know, ultimately that's who they're probably going to vote for. You know, so it's a, it's, it's, it's a, I, I think to be able to have that, have those conversations with people, is going to be really tough. And I think a lot of people are, a lot of people who kind of lean to the a democratic side is not seeing anyone else, but Trump, because we typically we're a two party system. So, you know, no, no one's thinking that someone else does not, uh, Biden is going to be a person that can actually, you know, probably win. And then if we, if 
Biden loses, which I feel Biden doesn't have a really strong chance, um, you know, what's four, four years of, of, of Trump going to be? So, Yeah, I mean, listen, great points again. I just want to actually piggyback on the last thing you said. You know, like, so here's the situation we're in, essentially. If, if Trump wins, that's going to accomplish two things primarily. Like the first thing he's going to accomplish, obviously he's going to win another term. Um, the conservatives are likely going to have, I mean, they already have a majority of conservatives in the Supreme Court, probably have a, like a super majority in the Supreme Court. Um, and uh, other than that, I mean, like what's the worst he's going to do? Like build a couple more miles of his wall or, uh, you know, pass some more tax breaks. I mean, like, I don't, he 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 doesn't seem to be as pro military even as I think Hillary Clinton, who looked to me to almost immediately be wanting to escalate a military conflict with Russia. Um, he doesn't even look as hawkish as Hillary Clinton does. So I don't see him like launching into some kind of major war. At least I don't see that. I mean, but he's so unpredictable, you don't know. Um, but other than that, you know, that's pretty much the extent of I see of I see the the damage that's foreseeable to me. Um, and with the Democratic side of it, if if Joe Biden wins again, you know, but like, oh, so let me finish that thought. So like at the end of that four years, it's going to be like, OK, we can't do that again. The, the DNC is going to say we can't run another centrist. We're never going to win another election if we keep doing this. Right. So like they would be forced really to ser- put a serious progressive candidate uh, out there now, what they probably would do is just run an establishment like pseudo progressive, like Elizabeth Warren turned out to be, or somebody like that. And they that might work, but I, I'm not even sure that would work at this point because I think people really see through their bullshit at this point. Um, so I think if Trump wins, it's four more years of a Republican presidency, and then that's it. But if the Democrats win, it's this neoliberal centrist corporatist purgatory for the foreseeable future because let's say the democrats win that election and then they do another term with that administration probably run the vice president it's a coin flip as to what happens after that eight years and now we're talking about really for us like trending toward the back half of our life right like so so it's really it's really now or never to be honest so brandon and so is it safe to say that it's possible, and I'm not even going to say that you actually believe that unless you actually say it, but do you think that <laughs> a, a, a Biden presidency is potentially worse long game than a Trump presidency? Long game, yes. Short game, no. I don't think a Biden presidency in, that, in the same four years would be as uh, damaging in the short term as a Trump presidency would be. I just don't believe that i mean i could be convinced otherwise but nothing about what trump has done versus what biden done makes me think that it would be worse in in like that uh egregious way but it it would be worse in the long term absolutely unquestionably because it would be a continuation of everything that made trump possible Mm -hmm. right like the only way you get donald trump in the first place is by having a corrupt establishment and Joe Biden is like the epitome of the corrupt establishment. And so running and Joe Biden winning, Joe Biden winning again is that same thing that made Trump possible in the first place. 
And here's what people don't talk about. Like people like act like Donald Trump is like this demigod. But what about the next Donald Trump? You know, the one that's actually smarter than him. You know, the one that's actually more sophisticated, the one that's more organized, the one that's less transparently, you know, a buffoon. Right. Like what what happens when that guy gets into office? Right. And, And like no one's thinking about that. Do you so, think Pence? Do you think Pence's work could be potentially worse than Trump? I always hear that when people talk about Trump and they talk about, you know, well, you know, at least he, at least, you know, he's here, and if something happened to him, you know, when he, I guess a lot of time, a lot of the talk was, you know, when the impeachment procedures was going, procedures was going on, and they were saying, well, you don't want Pence because Pence is worse. Do you think Pence would have been a worse president potentially than 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 Trump? I mean, that's 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 a great question. I mean, it's difficult for me to say because, I mean, his his only real substantial uh, governmental experience before that was being the governor of Indiana. Um, and so that's what you would have to look to to even have some sort of evidence for what he, how he maybe would have been as a president um, with the with the additional powers that come along with being a president. I don't think he would have been worse again in that sort of egregious way. But he might have been worse in that sort of more subtle, insidious, insidious way, right? Where um, he's almost to the level of like a, a a George Bush administration, to where if you just think about George Bush as a person, obviously, you know, he doesn't strike you as an intellectual, but the the disastrous consequences of his terms of president are still having ripple effects throughout the Middle East for certain. And even here today or with the Patriot Act and stuff like that, that we're still like living under that, the consequences, the fallout of his presidencies. So I think Pence is like a more sophisticated George Bush. And that to me is a lot more dangerous than Donald Trump because of just like who he surrounds himself with, who he would surround himself with and the things that he would be willing to do uh, to further his agenda to me, I mean, would be, Again, and, and not in a sort of uh, like egregious, super obvious, obvious, immediate way, but in the long term. Uh, yeah, absolutely. I think that that Mike, Mike Pence could be a, a disastrous uh, president. Really, really, all of them are disasters. And that's the crazy part. They're all disasters because they're all this basically the same. Like they're all neoliberals. Right. Like they, so they all believe in like this um, this industry. Right. Like the, the military industrial complex, the prison industrial complex, the school, the prison pipeline, you know, like uh, corporate subsidies, corporate welfare, corporate tax breaks and then crushing people in medical debt and student debt and credit card debt, any kind of debt that, that they can amass. But bailing out the banks and crushing the, the the everyday citizen. Right. Like they both both parties do that, you know, and so. This idea that they're like so different, they're really not. And that's what's so crazy that we have this binary system, and, you know, and it's a little cliche to say it, but I, I think it's like in a way true. Like this is a, a, a two sides of the same coin type of situation where both of these parties essentially have the same political goal, and that is neoliberal global domination. And they and they and both parties want that and it's lucrative and they don't care about the human price whether it's in in american lives middle eastern lives you know asian lives african lives 
They don't give a shit. They don't care about the, the, the human cost to run this apparatus, you know, and that that's the danger of the military industrial complex. That's the danger of uh, of neoliberalism. And that's why both parties are, in my opinion, in the long term, equally dangerous. That's that's wild. I, I I used to hear you know people talk about you know well if Pence you know, and it was like as if Pence was like you know the devil himself and shit. And I just wondered if maybe it was just because he was more of a politician than than Trump was because you know Trump was really no politician. He just kind of got into the shit, um, <laughs> right? You know he just kind of jumped into it and just it, it, it's still amazing to me that actually Trump won the presidency. Like I still I, <laughs> yeah. I reference like. I always reference that Saturday Night skit, uh, Saturday Night Live skit, where uh, with uh, um, Dave Chappelle and Chris Chris Rock was at you know the white people house and they just watching the TV, watching the election and shit, and they're just <laughs> sitting there fucking amazed, like it can't be that bad. And it's like, nah, it really was that fucking bad. <laughs> and, yeah, yeah, it, it is surreal. It's still surreal that like this guy who you know from like TV and being sort of like a just a joke character kind of. Is actually the president. That's it's still surreal that that happened. I think to to everybody. Yeah, like just watching his interview. Like he did. A, uh, what was the interview of the day? I was on CNN. And I think Mike was talking about. It. He posted a bunch on his face, uh, Facebook, and uh, I think CNN and reporters were just tired of his shit, and they were just really going at him. I was just like, man, this is really the fucking president. <laughs> Mike, yeah, do you remember it, the name of the the, the reporter? It was, was it? Was it I don't want to say Rachel for second argument. Uh, what reporter? The reporter that was actually going back and forth with Trump the other day. Uh, oh, uh, Paula Reed. Yeah, and I was just like, man, he's really the fucking president, dude. This is amazing that this is really going. Like the banter was just really crazy. Like I just, it's just wild that that he's the fucking president and this. This banter even happened and shit. Yeah, it's it's been wild to watch these press conferences every day. Like he's so he goes so far off the rails. And I think it, it's hard for me sometimes to separate my personal hatred toward him from his uh performance as a president. Cause like you guys are saying, um I, I think the strongest point is that uh is the one that Brandon made about what does it look like when we end up with someone with uh, his same ideals, but who is smarter and more calculating? And um, that's that's a thing that's kind of sometimes hard for me to remember just because I hate him with such a passion. And it's not and my reasons for hating him aren't like president based. It's like the fact that he's a stupid person who thinks he's smart and then and that he has all that power. <laughs> Like a stupid person shouldn't have that much power. And he has a, he's a stupid person with a lot of power who speaks first, thinks later, if at all, and constantly lies about things that are easily verifiable. Like, the, like it's just how aggressively stupid he is that makes me so makes me hate him so much because I, I can't get over the fact that <laughs> he will lie about things that his own tweets contradicted from like two days ago. Like it, it's it's amazing to me. It's like he doesn't realize. I think he thinks that everything he says is now like the new law, and everything that came before it didn't exist. And then people go, "But you just said yesterday," and he's like, "Enough, shut up. I'm not talking about that anymore." And it's like, "What? Like <laughs> you just that's a, that's a you just good, said uh, something? 
You just said something totally different yesterday. Like the like the thing that 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 blew my mind was the him going on TV. Uh, uh, not today, not yesterday. So Monday, going on TV talking about he has total authority. Like I have total authority. Like I, you know, the governors will do whatever I say. And all the reporters are like, "What the fuck are you talking about?" Everybody, you know, they go back to the, the their their newsroom and they're like. Yeah, Trump just said he has total authority. What the fuck? And then he comes back the next day like, yeah, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to allow the governors to do whatever they like. Like, whoa. <laughs> like, yeah. how do you? I, I just I don't understand how he's fucking Teflon, dude. Like he gets away with everything. And I just I don't get it because it's like everyone knows he's an idiot. Everyone knows he's wrong. Everyone knows he's lying. He talked. And they talk about it all day ad nauseum, and nothing happens. And he'll probably get reelected. I, I, and it's it's mind boggling to me. It, it, I, I mean, it's not that, only that you, speaks, brother. That speaks to the country more than it does to him, I think. Oh, mm-hmm. absolutely! Oh, absolutely, it does. Absolutely. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. Um, so I don't want this to go too long because we're c- currently around the two-hour mark. And you know, Brandon, if um, if time allows, would definitely love to have you on a uh, on another episode. Uh, but man, I, I truly, truly thank you for for jumping on. You know, you gave me a perspective and, and and actually explained a perspective that I've always wondered about, but I never was really really clear. And so I, I felt like you gave the best <laughs> example of that, man. And it was uh, definitely dope to hear somebody you know with actually intelligence to actually explain it. And actually make 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 sense, dude. Uh, yeah. Hey, people listen to this shit. Yeah. <laughs> it's like like so like I said, you know, every little bit helps, man. Like you get somebody on to uh, give a a well spoken perspective, and you know, maybe we can get a little bit more people uh, educated and heading in the right direction. That's helps. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, yeah. Uh, much, much, much appreciated, man. Much thanks to you, man. And like I say, you know, if you're ever free again, we'll definitely uh, be able to have you on and chop it up because uh, it's definitely a, uh, it's definitely a perspective that needs to be heard. I think it's a definitely a perspective that people need to uh, really uh, uh, take in when you want to consider, you know, a candidates. Like I think more people need to consider candidates earning their vote, and I don't think that a lot of people really really internalize that when they're when they're voting and you know you have systems you know kind of like what the democratic party is doing now and they're pretty much installing someone and we're just forced to vote because that's the person that they have for our party because of our two-party system you know so man pretty pretty in perspective man so much appreciated oh no for sure listen thank you guys for having me man this was great uh good talk uh, you know, if I could just say one one last thing, it is sure. I don't think voting for third party is ever wasting your vote. If if there's a way to waste your vote, it's it's by voting for people who don't have your goals in mind. So that's real. That's actually real as fuck. Um man. I mean, if you could have had any other other last, last words, that's probably the best last words you could have had. Uh <laughs> I think you I think people people uh, really think uh, a wasted vote is a vote that's not made, and I think that's what we've kind of grown. You know, I think when you go back and people talk about history of just blacks being able to vote, and so you know they equate not voting to wasting your vote. But 
you know, wasting, you know, voting on someone that doesn't have your actually interest and so forth. That seems to me the more wasted vote. Um, exactly. You're putting someone in power that's not going to do anything that's for you. And so that to me tends to be the wasted vote to not vote for the, for voting for the person that's not going to have your interests at heart. Like that's the most wasted vote. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Couldn't have said it better myself. Ah, man. So <laughs> much appreciated, sir. Um, for, for guys listening, um, if you have questions, you can email us, uh, whatever the podcast at Gmail or our, uh, Twitter at whatever the podcast. And, uh, we'll see you guys next week. Much appreciated. Thanks. Yeah, next week we'll be back to talking about eating ass. <laughs> We're not talking about eating ass. Well, that's not my topic, at least. So <laughs> I, might, I might have to tune in for that. <laughs> all right, all right, job. All right, later, guys. Yeah, peace. All right.